BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Part two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, August 25th is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. In the old days, I was on this man's show. Now, he's on mine. What goes around, comes around. It's only fair. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to bring on the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Finger High School, the man the people call the baby rock. Mark Sims is in the house. Welcome back to the show, Mark Sims. So you can, I can see Dennis. I can't see Ben, but you can hear me. Yes, you sound loud and clear, and okay, I can see I, you. Do I get closer to the microphone? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I never done this, man. I, I did. Yeah. I did one show with the uh, Heartland Mamas. They was it was something like this, but not exactly like this. Well, I'd say yes. Yeah, well, stay close to stay close to the computer, just in case. Mic. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. And Dennis, what do you always say when Mark Sims comes on? He's the host of Just a Few Questions More with Mark Sims. Just a few questions with Mark Sims, available at wherever else you download podcasts. That I got to get Dennis back on the show. Dennis, thanks you for sending me some love on that show, with, uh, the Davis Ferris show. Well, this is the earlier part of the show. You're damn that was right. cool. You sent me some love. You're damn I said, right. Look at this. Oh, I'm looking at the thing, but I'm not doing television. This is kind of weird, man. Yeah, you got Dennis, you got to come back on the podcast. Because it's a different format now. See, Ben thought I was doing the old format when I bought Ben on a few weeks ago. And Ben is only audio. Dennis is only audio now. I like that. No video. I like that. I like that. Like, I mean, you know, let me just be the exception. I like the little pictures. I know. It was fun, but it took too long. And I'm not getting paid for this stuff. I'm not doing this. Come on. Audio is much quicker now. All right, Mark Sims used to be a host for many years of a uh, talk show on public access. Uh, Now he has uh, his own podcast. Uh, Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Got his own show. And he's a frequent guest on my show. We have many things to talk about. I've already uh, highlighted one of them. We're going to talk about Cast, C-A-S-T-E, the new book by Isabel Wilkerson, which I know about thanks to Mark Sims. Uh, We're going to talk about the shooting in Kenosha. We're going to talk about crime in Chicago. And we're going to talk about weather. Mark Sims is feeling motivated to vote Republican by the message being put out by Donald John Trump and the Republicans at their convention. Uh, and, and we also have to I, I didn't even have this on our list. Are you excited about Kamala Harris on the ticket? So, no. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll start with that one first. Why do you say no? Just flat out. I mean, no. I mean, I mean she's she's may eventually become president. She's overly qualified for the job or qualified for the job. I when I when I hear her speak, I, I just I hate to say the word phony because I don't really know her. You know, like on TV, she seems phony to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But, she, but but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If I meet in person, I'll be like, wow, because you know how you, you see somebody on television or a podcast, but you meet them in person, they're pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? So she's uh, probably a nice person, but she yeah. seems phony to me. Well, she's trying to project a certain... But she's a, she's a lawyer. Lawyers and actors, you, know, you never know if they're telling you the truth or not. Yeah. Lawyers and actors, they're really good. When they blow smoke up your behind, it feels good, but you don't know if they really like you. It's just, they, you know, that's what they do. They're lawyers and actors, you know, so she's a lawyer, right? She is a lawyer. Yeah, she's she a is politician, a politician. And you have to be an actor when you're a politician. Uh, and you absolutely know Donald Trump's not telling you the truth because the guy is a born liar and he's not a lawyer and he's not an actor. So some people are just effective liars. Uh, all right, let's talk about cast. Let's, let, let, <clears throat> cast, of course, I, I mentioned this in the, the early part of the show, is a new book by Isabel Wilkerson. It's, uh, I think it's number two in the bestseller list. Huge bestseller. Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. Isabel Wilkerson, a fantastic writer. She used to write for the New York Times, uh, and she wrote... Uh, uh, the warmth of other suns, which is about the great migration of black people from the south to the north. And 
I owe Mark Sims uh, a little gratitude here because you put it in my mind. Mark is always sending me emails with links, which I haven't figured out how to, <laughs> I haven't figured out how to, I just see the emails. I never see the, I never click on the links, but there was an interview that Isabel Wilkerson did uh, with Terry Gross, uh, NPR that you sent to me, but you put that in my mind when I was at the bookstore right before I went on vacation, Mark, I saw it, I bought it. And I, I hesitate to say a book changed my life, you know, because I knew everything that she wrote, but she put it, she stated it so brilliantly, so effectively, so eloquently. Uh, she gave copious examples of how we're trapped, how we are white people, black people, Hispanics, Jews, Gentiles, Asians were trapped uh, in certain castes and certain categories by society. Mark Sims, we can't really break out of them because when what it's like, what people see is what they want you to be. You follow what I'm saying? And so it's, there's a dominant caste, which is white people. And there's a lower caste in our country, which is black people. And what she is saying in this book is, if we want to save our country, if we want to save our world, we have to eradicate this caste system. And we have to do it right now. And Mark, that's a very powerful and profound message. And I think she's absolutely correct. What's your thoughts? No, she's absolutely correct. Let me name. Let me name drop. <laughs> let me name drop. Years ago, when I, I like telling a story, when I drove uh, Vice President Al Gore, he wasn't Vice President at the time. He'd been 10, 15 years ago, and so uh, at, this is what I remember because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, record the it, the uh, talk in the car. Just driving up from the airport to downtown, and I, this was uh, doing the Thomas Franks or what, one of his original books, I think. What's the matter with Kansas? Yeah. So I asked Vice President uh, Al Gore. How can this country maintain its world class, international, whatever power status, superpower status, as it becomes more multicultural? That's a term that was used, that was in vogue back then, multicultural. Now you hear diversity, some other terms. I forgot what he said, but I remember it. Uh, the impression I got was very professorial. But she's right. We ha- we're going to have to deal with it because this ain't. People don't understand how serious this is. We're in a, we're in a pandemic, we're in a recession. We have a global competitor, uh, uh, China, and we don't, you know, history doesn't repeat itself. It, it rhymes, as they say. Who said that? Mark Twain? Who said that, Dennis? Mark Twain? History, history rhymes or something? It don't repeat? I think so it was Ice Cube, actually. After this recession, or <laughs> during this recession, we, we, ha- we have a low-grade war right now, but we have a lot of competition with China and other countries. And for this country to maintain some type of international status, we have to be a lot fairer, fairer than we are. We're not a fair country. You know, we have okay, Kamala Harris. You say Kamala. What do you say, Ben? Kamala Harris. Kamala That's Harris. What she, I'm just saying what she says, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Well, I like when you, you and Ramada had to show about how to pronounce her name and the whole history. That was wonderful. Yeah. And so, so what I'm saying, though, is that she was able to rise uh, not so much beyond caste. Let's say, let's say, it, for the sake of argument, although, and she is half Indian, that's ironic. She'd be able to rise above the caste, if you will, to some degree. Barack Obama did, but they become, uh, uh, what do you call it, educated professional elite, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but you still got to stay in your lane on some level. You have to stay in your lane. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Ben. I'm looking at Dennis. Dennis <laughs> or Mark. <laughs> you sort of had to. You got to stay in your lane. So how do you prosper in this country and stay in your lane? But them days are over. I hate to say it because that shooting, I'm, I'm going far afield, that shooting in, in Kenosha still, it's, 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 uh, it's bothering me, and it goes back to Cass. You knew the, the gentleman who was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Ben, you told me off the, I mean, before the show, and, and on, on the show earlier, you said you knew his, you knew, uh, his grandfather. Yes, I'm old. I, and when people start talking about slavery is a long time ago, oh, no, we still we still dealing with it. I, like me, I did not whip my grown my children growing up. I did not whip my children growing up, but I was whipped back in the day. <laughs> it had been like you know it was terrible a couple of times. Yeah. Not too bad, but bad, you know bad enough. But those whippings are what a legacy of slavery, a legacy of a culture. People used to be whipped. The slaves whipped. Everybody got whipped probably. And over time, we evolved. Not all of us. Some people still beat their children. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You you evolve as a human species where you don't do that anymore. 
So, that, so this country has to be evolved beyond this, the remnants of slavery, the remnants of this caste system. Otherwise, we it's it's see people like uh, they they don't understand how serious this moment is. They think it's a joke watching uh, 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 President Trump. This ain't no joke. This is very serious. We may have to have a, a third war with, with China, somebody. This is serious. Hopefully we can avoid this kind of stuff. If we have those kind of crises, like a pandemic, like a third war, are we going to stick together as Americans and, and, and pull through and have, be a better country after the war and after the pandemic? Well, that is a, 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 a very important question, very profound. I don't have it. As pessimistic as it sounds, I don't have an answer for that, Mark, because when I look at how the country divided on the issue of wearing a mask, I mean, how that was politicized and turned into a Republican versus Democrat uh, position, then I realized how far removed we are from being rational and logical, uh, what is in our national interest. Uh, what happened with Jacob Blake, the young man in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, I believe he's 29 years old, I mean, it hit me because his family's from Evanston. I know that's a, a trivial reason to, to be so impacted, but it's an Evanston family and I'm from Evanston. And you're like you said, his grandfather was a very important person uh, in, in Evanston's history. He was a, a very prominent a pastor, minister uh, in Evanston. He was the one who invited Martin Luther King to Evanston to, uh, for civil rights protests and to integrate Evanston, which has struggled with it. Mark Sims I do not know how you could look at that video of the shooting in Kenosha and not be outraged. The young man was doing nothing. He was doing nothing, Mark. He was, there was no, the police, there was no, I can't even get the words out. There was no justification whatsoever for shooting him. And, and yet I guarantee you, the Republican Party is going to try to play this as somehow or other an assault on police officers everywhere because this one police officer shot him. Do you follow what I'm saying? And they're going to try to turn it and steer white people into voting for Trump out of a fear, this ancient fear that white people have about black people. Uh, and that Isabel Wilkerson so brilliantly expounds upon in cast. I believe that's going to happen, Mark. I believe that's. Well, uh, I, I'll have to get to your. I, I get to your recommendations uh, late. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you had a show, I think, last year about the movie uh, Once Upon a Time in America. It took me a whole year to get to it. I got it from the library, right? The cast book, it may take me a whole. Well, when it comes to the library, my cheek behind, maybe I'll get a copy and read it. <laughs> but the point is that it's serious when you go. All this stuff is connecting. When I start babbling, people got to understand you family and friends at home and all you listeners at home and listen to the podcast. All this stuff is connected. Donald Trump, uh, the Civil War, the caste system and the, and the gentleman, 29 year old gentleman in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, being killed and shot in the back. He may be paralyzed for life. I don't know. So this, it's all connected. But this country does not know its own history. I've had talks with grown people like in my age, in their 50s. And they say, oh, slavery lasted a long time. It was, was a long time ago. The Civil War was a long time ago. Oh, no. We're still fighting the Civil War. It, it, when you, it's like uh, Dennis's neighborhood. And I think that's your neighborhood where they don't want to wear the mask. Right, Dennis? In Southern Illinois? Mm -hmm. right, by the Mississippi River? And, uh, and so they had some outbreaks. Maybe people come from uh, Missouri or you go back and forth over to Mississippi. So they had some outbreaks. And a lot of it is, I don't want to wear a mask. This is a hoax. And it's the same. It's a similar mindset to let's fight a war, a four year war, 600,000 people killed because we want to uh, keep the slaves as slaves. Or we want to break away from the union. It's the same s ignorance that we had 150 years ago is still with us. And for now, of course, because of the public schools, no one's, no one's taught about you know the slavery and, or like my name. My name is Mark Sims. I don't even know a lot of my, my history. I really don't. I don't know, uh, 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 I'm more than one drop. I'm not a mulatto. Okay, you talk about mulatto. I've had people on my podcast, just a few questions, and I've been people in person. Even some of your some of the people, most people I had on my podcast, a guy from Ben's show. I just steal it from Ben's show. I say I know Ben. Okay, you know what Ben? Let's go on the show. But the point is that they 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 don't want to ask me, am I a mulatto or what am I? 
And I understand that because when I was a kid in this country, uh, uh, 40, 50 years ago, you were just a high yellow Negro. But as so many people of color now, you look at a person, even like Dennis with that rock and that tan, you're like, maybe, is he Mexican? Is he Mexican or something? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. so many people color it was since, since I've been a kid, since you've been a kid, Ben. And mm-hmm. so that scares the hell out of the, 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 uh, uh, the Trump voters. And they play on this fear because they don't know the history. And, it's, and we, can, we have enough money in this country, enough resources. We can share it a little bit more. We could be a little bit nicer to each other to the point where a police officer in 2020 feels I can shoot this young black man and get away with it. And guess what? There's a lot of people. See, this ain't like 1968. See, I think, Ben, you remember saying 1968, do you? Yes. I talked <laughs> yeah, about this earlier today. <laughs> yeah. He always loves like acting like he's so much younger than me, by the way. You lived through 68, but most of the people in this country, me, I was, I was here. Dennis, you weren't here in 68, were you? The point is that a lot of people don't know how bad it was during the war, during the riots. So this is new to people because a lot of us, a lot of Americans don't like me. I sit in and watch PBS and stuff. A lot of us don't know the history. And so we have so we uh, we, we, we were challenged by this. But that killing really bothered me because they shot him in the back. It was so and that you could have used like, you know, Kung Fu techniques. You know what I'm saying? You could have thrown him on the ground, tripped him or something. You didn't have to shoot him in the back. You could let him get in the car and just follow them like they did OJ back in the day. And they said, OK, we're going to arrest you now, whatever. Throw some tacks on the ground. Some, so and it wasn't necessary to shoot him. So, I, I, first of all, I don't even know what he did. Let him get in the car and drive away. His kids are so in the what he car. Did, what he did, what, he was walking around by being black. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. it's insanity. But guess what? People forget. It's like that. we had the riots uh, a few weeks ago here in Chicago. That was before you went on vacation. You and did it, yeah. right? Yeah, the looting. And I, hear, and I hear these people crying about, oh, Lori Lightfoot should stop the riots. They don't understand a lot of the riots in years. Well, you had Rodney King. Dennis, you remember Rodney King. That was 92 or something, right? You had the riots in the 60s, and usually it was some kind of police killing, a police beating, some something jumped off, and it started riots. These things just don't, they just build up and build up to the point people say, I can't take this anymore. We're going to have to do something. So we're going to have to, and guess what? People got to understand, they may like President Trump. But I don't know if this country can really survive another four years. And I'm serious when I say this. Guess what? It's still, even if uh, uh, Joe Biden becomes president later this year, uh, really officially in January, we still have a recession. We still have a pandemic. And we may have some, uh, some other stuff may jump off. And, we need, and so we can't, we can't have a President Trump uh, smooth over these, uh, these pandemics and recession. Hopefully we don't get into no shooting war with another country. This, this is, this, and I'm not being overly dramatic. This is very serious. No, this. I, I know, I'm not far from 87th Street. Some of the stores we have in 87th Street, they still boarded up. I know they boarded up downtown. You know, banks and stores. You know, the Home Depot's open, but it still got bored because they said they're gonna. You know, but I'm saying it's a hot. People don't understand this is a really hot mess we into, and we need some real leadership, not President Trump leadership, some real leadership to get us out of this mess to lead us to a, you know. To the good old days when Barack Obama was president. <laughs> well, it, and that's an, uh, another point that um, Isabel Wilkerson makes about uh, Barack Obama. You raised him. A very compelling chapter on Barack Obama's presidency and how it sort of perpetuated this myth that the country had transitioned away uh, from this caste. When, in fact, Barack Obama, Mark, did not get more than 50 percent of the white vote in this country. Over 50% of the white vote went for John McCain in this country. So Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama was like an illusion. Do you follow what I'm saying? The notion that a, a black man was president gave the country the illusion that we were more progressive on these matters than we really were. And then from the moment Barack Obama took office, the Republican Party went into full council war mood. And when I say council wars, well, you going back, way back, as soon as Harold Washington was elected mayor of Chicago, all the white aldermen rallied around uh, Edward Doliak, your old alderman, or you're just down the street from him. And, uh, try to sabotage the city with the notion being that even if things were temporarily dis- uh, hurt, 
it would be better off not to have Harold Washington. So this is a profound rift in our country that we were given the illusion. Do you follow me, Mark Sims, that we had uh, healed when Barack Obama oh, was no, president? No, no, no. It's, see, it's, people forget. I mean, I understand. Like I said, people get so, sort of upset when I, when I tell folks I sort of sympathize, not sympathize, empathize, more empathize, if you will. Well, people are scared. Because when you go, you know, like I said before in your show, you go to the suburbs here in Chicago. They ain't the suburbs I grew up with. Those suburbs don't don't admit, don't don't exist anymore. They're, some of those suburbs are a lot more diverse. So it's it's frightening, and uh, people have to come to grips. Uh, I live in a neighborhood that people, you know, some people decry. All oh, the black people leaving. There's seven billion people on the planet Earth. So my house, if it survives another 30, 40 years, whatever, or they tear it down and build something else, there's somebody probably not even born from another part of the world who's going to come here and live in this very spot I'm in. So people have to understand these things are ser- These things are just. These things are going to happen. This country, I, I like. I sent you that uh, email about David Frum. <laughs> uh, they, I was watching some. Don't ask me why I'm watching David Frum videos. Former uh, 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 speechwriter for uh, uh, W, right? Yeah. And so David Frum, he was talking about this, and he was talking about his book about Trump. But he said, in 2049, 70 uh, of this country is going to just live in, uh, I think, 15 states. Mm-hmm. The other 35% or something like that would just live in 13 states. It's something like that. Like Bruce Ryan is down in Florida, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So so the country's changing, going to change. The demographic is going to change. And we're going to have to learn to live with each other. But then again, I'm in Chicago, so I see the world from a segregated south side. I really do. It's a little bit more different. I had, let me drop another name. I had Maria Haddon on the podcast. Maria Haddon was, it was wonderful. But her uh, 49th Ward is much more of a culture club than... Uh, the 21st war where I live, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, so people can live together, but we got it. We got to be more fair. We have to reduce this income inequality. This income inequality is, is real. And the race thing, you're going to have that, but you know, it's, it's going to fade away. It's going to, it's not going to be, it's, ta- it's not going to be that bad 50 years from now, maybe 60 years from now, 50 years. I may not, I may be here. 50 years? I don't know. know. (laughs) You're not that young. It makes me like 108 years old. (laughs) With some, some, they got some new technology coming, some CRISPR, some other stuff. Maybe I get it and I'll live another 50 years. You know, uh, you you made a reference in 1968 because earlier in the show I talked about that, uh, and folks didn't hear it. Let me just backtrack a bit. Dennis is reading a. Uh, the story about how Lori Lightfoot uh, has ordered the police to block off protesters from her block so they cannot assemble outside her house. Uh, She says it's an invasion of her privacy uh, and it's unwarranted. And then to uh, underscore the point, uh, she said that this is a time unlike any other. And this is a a more dangerous time, unlike any that we've lived through. And I, and I made the, the observation that, uh, guess what? Lori Lightfoot's younger than me. So just like Mark Sims and Dennis, uh, she doesn't remember 1968. And I got to tell you, 1968 was every bit as frightening as now because it looked like the social order was exploding. It wasn't just falling apart, Mark. It was violence everywhere. And we had... Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy were attempting to bridge communities in this country and to force this country to address these central issues that Isabel Wilkerson is discussing 50 years later in cast. And they were killed, Mark Sims. They were killed. They were just shot down. And I don't know, you know, when I when I think about it, I get I get depressed sometimes because I don't believe we've made progress, significant progress. And I realize, of course, there's fabulously wealthy black people. There's fabulously influential black people. I understand, Mark, that in many ways we have it's cosmetic ways, but it just seems like in some fundamental ways, it's still a country at odds with each other. Uh, And it, it seems like. We could have these eruptions at any time. Do you, yeah, but you, but you, have do you think I'm being too pessimistic, Mark Sims? No, no, you're right. I, I agree with you totally, uh, Benny J. But I think people like your president and my president, <laughs> and Dennis president, 
they, they fan the flames because I hear some of these voters, you know, I'm not, I'm not watching the, uh, the uh, convention. Oh, no, I can't take that. But I see some of the analysis and you hear some of these voters like, oh, President Trump is doing a wonderful job. They must be watching Fox News all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you watch anything about Fox News, you get you get some, a fair and balanced or this fine uh, podcast, which uh, everyone should promote. When I get off this podcast, although I'm on it, I promote it as much time as I get on social media. You got to promote this thing because it's just like some of the people you bring on your show. I'm talking about race and Donald Trump. It's all related. There's a lot of people I met through you and through this show in the studio with you and Dennis or, you know, whatever. And I make people and like David Seaton. I had him on the show. I never met David Seaton in person and Atiba Buchanan. Never met him because I say I know Ben. I've been on Ben's show. Okay, you cool or like a Lori Glenn. I met Lori Glenn in person, and I told you before if I didn't if I didn't meet Lori Glenn through Benny J, and and Dennis in the studio with you and Dennis, she never come on the show. We have to we don't have to be best buddies. We don't have to be you know hang out and drink on you know in the backyard or hang out at uh you know Rounder's big old pool. Where's that pool that he got? He got Key Largo. Yeah, right. But the point is that when you get to know people. In most cases, human beings are human. They're really human beings. It's so corny, but it's human beings. Not only like, uh, you know, it's, that's, it's corny, but, we, you know, let's say you're not going to be best buddies, but at least you, I understand. I see you as human. Like the police officers, I think both officers shot, two officers shot the guy in, in Kenosha. They didn't see that young brother as a human being. When, when black folks were slaves, they didn't see him as human beings, okay? And, of course, like, in the, I'm going to eventually get to the book, Cast. They talk about the run-drop rule. I'm listening to the, the interviews. Uh, Wilkerson's doing a bunch of, uh, Isabel Wilkerson, the author, is doing a bunch of interviews. So she talks about the run-drop rule. Mm-hmm. Because they say, how do we dis- decipher, you know, who's white and who's black? One drop. Yeah. I did not even know as a child that Plessy, or Plessy versus Ferguson could pass for white. Even when I, when I was a kid, I used to read that in like an Ebony magazine about people passing for. I didn't even understand the con- the concept until I meet, met black people that could. Wow, they can pass for white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even uh, what's the what's the, uh, this before you? Uh, the, you remember this guy, Ben? You're old enough. <laughs> Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Yes. Adam Clayton Powell Jr. was one of the strongest black voices. And a, and a man, according to his biography, I got an audio book years ago, and I told you this story before, he considered in college passing for white because he, he, he basically could, depending on his situation, he could probably pass for white. Or you see somebody like um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. His, his mother is a Jamaican woman from Jamaica, and mm-hmm. his father is an English man from England, right? Mm-hmm. But looking at Malcolm Gladwell, there's probably a lot of white folks don't couldn't don't see him as with the one drop rule because his his mother was uh you know was a, a black woman right and so or it's it's it's, it's craziness yeah. but it's all it's all because they wanted to maintain white supremacy which i understand and people a lot of people vote for vote for trump who probably make you know two thousand an hour ten thousand an hour whatever they're not rich most americans are not rich but they'll vote for him because they want to cling to that identity so bad and in fact it'll be we have a better country if they give up some of that identity which is hard black folks have trouble getting giving up their identity but remember we crazy people on one because we were black we were negroes we were colored right some people say we ados now you know what i'm saying we're still arguing about who's black how to be black even mark sims i i i don't sometimes i don't even go out like i used to to certain meetings and stuff because somebody has to comment on my black folks comment on my skin tone in 2020 you know, we still we, we we're crazy people right so i which i understand because i understand the history i didn't understand the history as a child I think I understand it now. But most Americans need to understand that history. That's why I love to hear Ramana Hussein on your show. Because if you saw her walking down the street, you would say, oh, she a black woman. Then you say, oh, look at that hair. That hair kind of straight. That ain't processed. That's real straight hair. You know what I'm saying? Well, so by the way, in, in, ca- you know, in cast. She got a Muslim name. That's kind of confusion, right? Yeah. Confusing. In cast, uh, one of the things she does so brilliantly is just a whole riff she goes on, Mark Sims, where she talks about how our obsession with color uh, and ethnicity, so you could have a person with darker skin than you have, but they will be quick to tell you they're not black, they're from, uh, they're Indian, 
Do you get what I'm saying? It's like oh, these yeah. gradations. Yeah, I may have dark skin, but I'm not black. And it's this obsession we have uh, with race and the position that, that lodges you in our country and you can't escape it. And what you were talking about is so true. Uh, uh, black people, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's alive in the black community as well. Why wouldn't it be? That's the whole point of cast. It's we, 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 all, we all cling to these identities. It's like uh, I always tell people off camera, uh, we on camera though, right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That, you know, my show, I used to, one of my shows on public access used to be called Black Talk. I mean, straight up Black Talk. That was the name of the show. Then I changed it to viewpoints. So it won't be so harsh, right? And so, but one thing I didn't want to become was a, a race neutral Negro. Uh, when I met Barack Obama years ago, he was the kind of person I sort of hated in a way because he seemed to be race neutral. He seemed to have transcended race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so I ain't like people like that. I, but but you, so just like uh, being an old Star Wars movie, going to the other side, uh, on my podcast, I'm trying to my best to become less racial, less racial. And, uh, not that I'm going to transcend race totally, but I've, I want to have a more diverse um uh, uh, show than I used to have only because this is 2020. This ain't 1990. I started my public access show in 1991. 19, this, this country is not it's the same it was in 1991. It's just not. And it's going to continue to change. And so, and I've had few, I have people like, man, Mark, you've had a lot of white people on your show, on your podcast. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> right? Wait, what right? was that? That accent? Were you like uh, subconsciously doing a white person when you did no, that accent? No, no, no. That was that was that was just somebody else. But the point is that I even had a. I was trying to because I I don't approach people the way I should uh, because I don't have a I don't have a Joe Rogan podcast. If I did, I went I went at to beg people to do the show. I but know, I don't have sure. a Joe Rogan audience. I have to beg people to do the show. So I was trying to get a black woman on the show, and she got mad at me. She's a college professor with a doctor's degree, a doctor degree, doctoral or whatever, and she got mad at me because I had a white woman on the show talking about black issues. So I can't have a, a black white woman, a white professor from Rutgers university to talk about a black issue, if you will, when it's, it's really an American issue. Mm -hmm. The base is black, but it's really an American issue. So she, I, I'm not going to come on your podcast because you had that. I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing slightly, of course. Yeah. I'm not going to come on your show because you had that white woman on your show. <laughs> I ain't, you know, like, oh, my God. And you're going to get that. You, everybody's not going to like you. But well, it's did just, you see hey, the, uh, by the way, now we're on, a, uh, this is tangent, and you're not a sports fan, so I'm going to have to help you with this one. But there is a basketball player who plays for the Dallas Mavericks, and his name is uh, Luka Doncic. And as the name suggests, he is uh, European, white. Okay, uh, and uh, he's a sensational basketball player. And Mark, whenever a white guy does really well in basketball, that kind of like it, it blows people's minds on right, blacks and whites. Do you follow what I'm saying, Mark Sims? Because it doesn't fit. It gets back to cast. It doesn't fit the little box they want to put. I bet you most of those people. They may have seen Larry Bird and the old Boston Celtics team on video. I saw them live back in the stadium back in the day and on TV. That was a great team. Larry Bird was, was a, a phenom back in the day. But yeah. a lot of folks thought, but half the country never saw Larry Bird play. Wait, but okay. This, now we're to tangible to tell Larry Joe Bird, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I had so many conversations with black guys in the 80s. They would tell me, there's a, 10 guys in the hood as good as Larry Joe Bird. And I'm like, no, they're not. Because if they were as good as Larry Joe Bird, they'd be in the NBA. Because that guy's one of the best players in the NBA. But we, we see this thing, uh, Hartzell, Marcel Hartzell, who plays for, I think I'm getting his name right, plays for the Clippers. That He got into a tango with Luka, uh, and he dropped the F-bomb on him and called him a white boy. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, and uh, it was a minor to do and he had to apologize for it and it was it was interesting because uh luca didn't even want to talk about it do, do you follow what i'm saying it, it was just like he is so used to being it, i guess people have said that to him quite a bit let's just put it that way if you're a white guy playing basketball uh and he just like, didn't think it was a big deal and he he was embarrassed by it and uh, you didn't want to have to go through the ritual of the apologies, but 
in its own way, Mark, it's how our country is just wrestling with the very issues you're talking about. A lot of it's a lot of it's pure pure ignorance, and we have to do a better job in the public schools and through the culture to explain these things. It's just like, as I remember, you were you were more of a sports nerd than I am. I'm not, I'm not like I used to be as a kid, but uh, I think a guy named Roddy Harrison. He used to be uh, for the football. Patriots, I believe. He's he does the NB, N, NBC Sunday Night Football yeah. pregame show, right? With, with, yeah, with the coach Tony right. Dungy. Yep, mm-hmm. Tony Dungy. Now I remember I remember hearing him say that. Colin Kaepernick is not black. No, so he shouldn't that, yeah. be doing the protest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The kneeling, get on the one knee, right? And I think he had to apologize and take it back and walk it back. But but like I said, you do you can do the you can do the lineage, but I don't I mean, uh, I don't get into Colin Kaepernick's um uh, uh racial lineage, you know what I'm saying? Or like you say, or you're not black enough or dark enough to say these things or, or do that. I, I, sometimes it, it makes sense. Okay. I get it. Other times we still work. We, st- we all have been sullied by this caste system. We all been damaged by this, uh, by, by the, the social hierarchy and, and we all need to work it out. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. tough. It's really tough. And it's, and these are, we go into gray areas. People like, no pun intended, black and white. They don't like gray areas, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of stuff in between, and it gets complicated because we're all raised on movies and TV shows where you know who the bad guy is, who's a good guy, blah, 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 stop. But when you see some gradations, people like, uh, uh, I, I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. All right. Uh, just tangent to a different point, I want to put you on the spot. And I don't want any ducking and dodging here. So I'm going to put it to you, right? This is the conversation we were having earlier today. I'd really love to get your thoughts on this one. Uh, should Lori Lightfoot uh, be entitled to have Chicago police officers block off her block from protesters uh, and protect her from having to hear and see uh, people chanting outside her door? Mark Sims, no ducking and dodging. Yes. Go. Anybody who's ever been by her house, I had, a, I've been by. I, I'm not gonna tell you the street; it's easy to find out. But you can do a search. But she's on a on a, on a major street. It's a big street because it's so big. Like you go by Rom's house, and he's up in Ravenswood. Rom's old house. He only had usually had one police officer daily when he was at Central Station. You go by Daly's house at Central Station. He only, he only had like one police officer in front of the house. But Lori has two because the street is so big, you know what I'm saying? And his car's coming both ways. So she needs to be protected. That, that's a really big street. And so she and she and she had two cops before. Now she got to close down the street. I get it because this is a very, very crazy time. And remember, a lot of people have been hurt. I mean, you know, because of because of Trump and these, you know, a lot of folks been hurt. And so this is very day. It is very dangerous. And so, you know, I, I get it. She she needs to be protected. Because if get believe me, if they were marching down my street, I want the police to shut it down, put the forces <laughs> out, don't let them come by my house. I'm sorry. Uh, at least you're honest. By the way, uh, it was, uh, I believe the guy you quoted earlier was an Irish poet, Seamus Haney. I've been meaning to say that. Okay, uh, no, what, what, did, what did he say? My history <laughs> rhyming. I, I believe oh, you were. I thought that was Mark Twain. No, no. Uh, I think you were quoting, uh, Biden quoted him in his uh, uh it's convention speech. By the way, your thoughts on the Democratic convention? Man, I, I can't, I can't watch. See, I've seen so many conventions over the years. I don't, I'm not into it anymore. I'm like, I, like I said, if it was Daffy Duck running for president, I vote for Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny. I don't care who it is. This is, it's like, it's. And if you have to, anybody have have to think about who should I vote for, President Trump or Joe Biden? Hmm. <laughs> Come on, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like just like when I see the protesters, I don't care if it's in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, on and Logan Square or on the South Side of Chicago. I want to say, are these people registered to vote, and will they vote? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You got people like, well, Lori's the police. Okay, I know what it means, but really, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Or Kamala Harris, she the police. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, this is politics. Politics is that you may not like the person on that issue, this issue, but you still have to vote. You know, a lot of people stayed at home with last election. Guess what happened? 
Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Donald Trump. And see, like uh, I was, uh, a lot of folks don't remember all they presidents. Like, so let's say you're a 20 year old, you're out there cr- going crazy. You're 20, 30 years old. How many presidents have you really lived under that you remember? Mm. Maybe Obama, you remember more than Bush. That's it, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't know Eisenhower, Johnson, Nixon. You know, so you don't go and find that far back. And so, so you understand that this is serious. You can't. You sh- you should vote. You really shouldn't stay at home. And in Illinois, here in Cook County, you can vote by mail. And so, there's no reason not to uh, not vote by mail and fill out the thing. And uh, so, you know, Mark, you, do you, you think that? Knows, just go ahead and do it. Do you think uh, Donald Trump is trying to uh, intentionally? Uh, sabotage the post office in uh, order to win the election in November to make it more difficult for people. Of course, <laughs> of course. The, see, the thing about voting is like this this show, this is a podcast. That's why I, I urge everybody to uh, tell your friends and family and promote it on social media. Be, but um, you have to listen to shows like this, your podcast, because somebody has to bring you up to date. When you, when you, if you're a younger person, you, or you'll say, let's say, I'm saying you're in your 20s. Uh, uh, um, President Trump is trying to stop people from voting. But see, they don't see the link that even when they had the, you know, John Lewis passed away, Congressman John Lewis, they always show the Edmund Pettus Bridge. They show the video all the time. But I guarantee you, half the American public won't be able to tell you why were they marching across the bridge in Alabama, in Selma, Alabama. Because the Negroes couldn't vote in the 60s. Most Americans, I tell you, they don't know that, especially they maybe under 30 or 40, right? Mm. They, they weren't allowed to vote. Maybe they saw the movie Selma, they understand. You know what I'm saying? They don't, we, we, don't, have, we don't have a thinking, enlightened electorate. Yeah. We really don't. We, 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 don't understand, we don't even link these things, right? We, we, so that's why you need historians and shows like yours to uh, make some sense out of this. People with, old, old people with uh, long memories. By the way, so I, you said you weren't watching uh, the Republican convention. I, I think bits and pieces. It's, it's, pieces. it's disgusting. Some of it, it's, it's pure, I'm sorry for babbling, but it's pure fear. What, it uh, wasn't when it used to be on Fox News. I forgot even that she's like a Fox News reporter anchor. She's, she's married to, she's dating TJ Jr., right? TJ, right? Oh, uh, DJ? Trump, uh, Trump Jr., I don't know. Baby, I don't know. baby Trump. Um, uh, uh, Guilfoyle. Yeah, she had a funny name. Kimberly, I'll make it. That was an insane speech. Insane. Yeah. They, it's, it's pure fear. And the, and the ladies and the, lady, the husband and wife who brought out their guns on their front lawn, and Plus. I ain't mad at them for protecting their property. First of all, wait, hold it. They weren't protecting anything. I've studied that case. Just so you know, I mean, just just stop right there because what it was was a gated community, and the protest in that community, the mayor lives. So the protesters were going through the community to again. This gets back to the Lori Lightfoot thing to march outside the mayor's house uh, and address the issue of uh, police in uh, black communities. So they were passing. The McCloskey house. They weren't even on the lawn. So, Mark, it was like looking for trouble. Oh, no, you no. You what I'm saying? You they saw, were, if you saw Ben, if you saw had an angry mob going, uh, you're looking at your back window right now, right by the porta potty. They're marching down the street. You wouldn't go get your gun? No, first of all, I, I shouldn't say, I don't even have a gun. And the answer is no, I wouldn't go. If I saw a mob walking down the alley, I would watch the mob go and hope they walk. And, it, and they weren't even an angry mob. Go, you should go look at the the video. You, you you wouldn't say, "Oh, there's angry Negroes out there. We have to get our guns." <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Who was it that got in trouble? Did you see that? Um, oh God, I forget where it was. They 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 used the word. Colored, not Negroes. I forget yeah, some, who it was. Some, some DJ as talk show host. Some DJ, yeah, in Cleveland. Mark Sims knows his stuff, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, it's something I saw on the internet. Hey, I, 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 I spend way too much time on Twitter, I'm telling you. But no, but there's mean, no justification. Just so you know that, Mark. I know you're trying no, to be I don't, know, I, don't know the, I don't know the background, but see, if somebody said Negro, first, a lot of folks, they need to, as, they, as an educator would say, deconstruct the whole thing. Did, did he say it in a negative way? Yeah. Is he being mean? Or and guess what? I think because my thing, I, I, this whole co- cancel culture is a whole nother ball game. My thing is like, let's have a serious discussion. Why did you? Why did you feel you had to say Negro in that way at that time? Yeah. Just when you kick them off, you when you kick them off too fast, 
you're just sweeping the whole thing under the rug. Yeah. Because for everyone, did I mean, he's a talk show host. Half the station feels that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I've heard stories about radio stations in this town, in this town, how racist they are behind the scenes, right? Mm. So, you know, it's just like, it's a lot of things I would say, I wouldn't say in public on this on this podcast, but uh, uh, some things, I, I mean, I would say in private, but I wouldn't say in public. We're all like that. We're all like that. You know what I'm saying? All right, There's but I just want to just, just really... I, deserve to be shot. And I mean, we, when I mean Negro, I mean the other word. That we Negro went on a tangent, but I just, no I really want to make it clear. There was nothing that those protesters were doing in any way to endanger the McCloskeys. Nothing. You, and I and I urge you to go watch the video. I, I know, but no, no, no. The, the only thing they did, they were... No, remember, these folks are scared. Like I, like I said, I... Um, I live, I live in the South Side all my life, right? So, and the crime te- technically and statistically is not as bad as it was, it was even 20 years ago. It really isn't, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still shell-shocked in a way when you're always, you're always careful. You always When I go out there to water the grass, sometimes I water the grass at night. I, I had to bring my big, giant pocket knife just in case somebody tried to jump me. You know what I'm saying? That's sort of insane. But when you live on the South Side all your life, you like, okay, I'm always looking. I'm always prepared because once you let your guard down, they up, they up on you. And you know yeah. they up on you, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So I, so being living on the South Side, I sort of empathize with the people bringing out their guns because uh, they scared. Right. I well, we, you, we'll it's just it's no it, justification, but I understand because the, remember a lot of folks are just scared of anybody okay. who's the other. So if they see anybody who's other looks like other than them. You were frightening. You're going to go get your gun. Call All right. you're, you're, I, I think it was just it was less out of fear than just an assertion of power. But uh, we'll let that one go for well, another okay. time. I'll meet you halfway on that. We'll, we'll go halfway on that one yeah, and let it go. I, but, I uh, all right. Now, uh, I got to ask you, you made mention of this. Uh, so we're, I'll close uh, with this. You said you finally got around to watching uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a movie that came out in the summer of 2019. It seems like a different universe. I was so excited when that movie came out. I went and saw it the night it came out. I've seen it five times. I had that that show uh, with Sergio Mims uh, and the Chris's buddy and Adams where we broke it down and talked about it uh, at great length. It's one of our more popular shows uh, at uh, Mark. So your thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a movie that goes back to... Uh, I don't know, a less stressful moment, I would say, uh, in in our lives. Your thoughts on it, young Mark Sims. Guess what? And, it's, and once upon a time in Hollywood, related to all of this stuff we're saying, believe it or not, because it's all related. It's all connected. We know this. The, the universe is all connected to us, you know. So all, all jokes aside, I, I gave that movie three stars. It's a, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. They're always too long, but they almost have to be because the way he tells the story, they have to be long. And I gave it three stars. But if I were in my 60s or older, and especially if I were from Southern California, mm-hmm. I'd have gave that movie four and five stars. Yeah, because it, it spoke to a certain time that you lived through. And I, that's Mark's way of saying, uh, Ben, you're older than he always no, 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 loves no, no, saying. No, no, no. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he's not that much younger than no, me. I'm just we're, throwing we're, that out. We're there. not that far apart, but I, I, you know, family, we had a family trip, long story, family business, I'm saying. We, went, we were in uh, uh, Los Angeles in 71. And what I remember that we went to Disneyland in Anaheim. But we were just downtown L.A. I don't think we went out to Hollywood. Because we uh, uh, flew into LAX, but we didn't go to Hollywood. But, I, you know, but so it's a lot of references, Hollywood references I missed. But I'm old enough to remember some of those stars. And like, I think like Sergio on your podcast, Sergio and your, and your two other guests, Sergio Mims and your two other guests that gave a great uh, analysis of the movie. And he was saying, he was mentioning actresses, actresses like, uh, Joey Heatherton. Yeah. Joey Heatherton is a name I haven't heard in like 50 years because I remember <laughs> that name as a child. I barely remember her looking like some blonde, not, not as blonde as uh, Goldie Hawn, but something like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you see people like Joey Heatherton, you're like, are they a dancer? Are they a singer? What are they? What are they, right? But I remember that name. So so I'm, I'm just just old enough or remember, the, remember some of it. And of course, it's Keith were playing like... Um, uh, the um, uh, uh, what's it with the Manson incident? All I, I, mean, I heard that stuff going on as a kid because Manson was before the Patty Hearst uh, 
uh, kidnapping, right? Yes, uh, approximately five years before uh, Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst was the summer of '74. I want right. to say. See, I remember Patty Hearst because I was, you know, Patty Hearst was a big was a big story, people. If you don't remember, Symbiotes Liber- Liberation Army, man. Yeah. Hey, the memory is still there, Mark Sims. Good Not, man. Unbelievable. Got to do those yeah, exercises you, you, you every know, day. You know, and all those guys are part of that organization. Okay. And uh, so, so, I, so the point is that even as a kid, the uh, even before Patty Hearst, all you heard about is. Um, the Manson, man, yeah, the Manson yeah. thing went on for like 20 years. You, it's like people, it would like the OJ thing went on for like 20. It talked about OJ for 20 years, right? The Manson, they talked about Manson for 20 years, it seemed like. It was like Manson, Manson, you're going to get out of jail. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I know of a lot of that stuff. And the way, if you if you like Tarantino movies, you, you would like this movie because he did a very masterful job on how he wove all those stories into the movie. I think it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. So uh, it only took you a year to watch it. All right, we're going to let you go. But one last time before you head out the door, tell everybody everything they need to know about your show. Oh, the show is uh, just a few questions. Just type it into your search engine, your friendly search engine. Just a few uh, questions. That's a little short podcast. I have. I try to keep my podcast no more than 10 minutes. I had David Seaton. He did 20 because David's a good talker. But the point is that I try to keep them short because my attention span is short. So I try to keep the podcast short. And you will notice, friends, when you, just, when you watch, uh, I mean, listen to the show, just a few questions on your computer or your phone, a lot of the guests are friends and guests <laughs> of Ben Jarofsky's show. Benny J, I can't thank you for allowing me to have half the people on your show. <laughs> I had nothing oh, to do shit. with it, I, I, except for giving you phone numbers. Uh, but Tommy Tresser will be on your show. He was just on talking tiffs. He'll be talking tiffs with you. It's always funny because Mark will talk tiffs and act like he doesn't know what it is. I, I don't know what. No, the no, but is. I tell you, it was a good podcast with Benny J. You should you should type in Benny J. You know, just a few questions. You should pop up. You were on the tiff show. That was a fun show. Yeah, it was episode, fun. If you will, but the thing about the about the podcast, all jokes aside, is nine hundred thousand podcasts. I, I think in America right now, and everybody got a Zoom type show, but you get a chance to talk to people you would normally talk to. You get some insights, and always the best conversations are always off air. Wow, yeah, that's <laughs> that is so true. Uh, we should tape our pre-show prep meetings with uh, Dr. D. All right, Mark Sims, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it whenever you come on the show, and uh, we'll probably be talking to you next month. Uh, get your thoughts on what the world looks like then, all right? I hope we're still here. I hope we're still here as well. That's Mark Sims. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.